0: podcast. You can also follow us on YouTube. Our YouTube handle is at L.A. Rams up. Hey, we don't pretend to be L.A. Rams insiders. We're just Rams fans that love talking about our Los Angeles Rams. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, everybody. Mark from Rams Up Here, episode 199. Hard to believe, almost at 200. This episode, not a lot of Ram news, but I had Paul Walia and Tom Quartz back on, and we spent a few minutes talking about the Dodgers. We like to do that once a year. Then we came back and talked about the Rams for another 50 minutes or so, and that content is coming up. The video version available on YouTube. You can watch and follow along as Tom, Paul, and I talk all things Rams and a little bit of Dodgers. That content coming up here in a second. Hey everybody, Mark from Rams Up here, and I got the gang all back: Tom Quartz and Paul Walia. We're going to talk a little bit of Dodgers, and then we're going to move on to the Rams. Uh, a lot to discuss. How you doing, Tom? How's the weather up there in Modesto?
1: Yeah, it's great, uh, great, great this time of year, and uh, keeping it, keep it, staying cool, and it's all good though. Uh, yeah, just uh, <clears throat> it's kind of the down season here, getting a lot of stuff done, and then uh, waiting for football to start.
0: How about you, Paul? What's going on?
2: Uh, Everything's beautiful out here on the East Coast. Weather is great. Beaches are open. Getting the barbecues ready for uh, July 4th and uh, watching the Dodgers and uh, keeping track of the Rams after OTAs. So a lot of exciting stuff going on.
0: Either of you have plans to make it down to Irvine this year? I know it's a long haul for you, Paul, but I remember one, I think it was last year, you were planning a trip to L.A.,
2: Yeah, we pretty much come out there, uh, every year. So I would love to do that again. I was there. Uh, I've been there three times actually for the Rams, uh, training camp.
0: How about you, Paul? How about you, Tom? It's, uh, it's a bit of a drive, but
1: yeah, I don't have plans, but, um, but, uh, yeah, my, my daughter's down there in Irvine area now. And so, uh, I could make a you know, kind of a double trip. Hey, you you can
0: you can tell her you're coming out for a visit, and then just pop in for dinner, and uh, <laughs> the rest of it is a Rams vacation. That's right. Okay, hey, let's get this kicked off with a little bit about the Dodgers. And uh, you know, my original question a few days ago was, "What's up with the Dodgers?" And then they run off uh, the wins against the Angels and two against the Astros. That game yesterday was crazy. So. Um, you know uh, they still have some issues. I'm going to defer to Paul on a lot of this. I, I think a lot of it has to do with injuries, especially to the to the uh, pitching staff. but we're kind of spoiled with the Dodgers right? It's not like they're they're uh, they they're still winning at a, like a close to 550 clip I think overall and and they get healthy with the pitching staff. They may be okay. What, what are your thoughts on the Dodgers, Paul?
2: yeah um yeah absolutely so the the name of the game for this season so far has been the injuries you know the one which i think really hurt the most was dustin may yeah i think uh, i speak for all dodger fans we were excited to see big red back up there and and then he went out and i i think it's uh unfortunate too because i think it's a lot worse than they're letting on um but you know the silver lining is they're only a couple games back uh they're in third place officially Uh, But the youngsters, finally, the youngsters are getting a chance to play. That's been one sore point, I think. I'm not a big Dave Roberts fan. I think the whole country knows that. But uh, the young kids haven't had a chance to play. But this year, you got Bobby Miller has looked great. It's Miller time. Emma Sheehan, who is from New York City. Just want to point that out. He's from NYC. Um, He looked great in that one start. Uh, Miggy Vargas holding it down at second base. They just have to be patient with him. Michael Bush has looked really good. I've been impressed with Michael Bush. He's played all over the infield, Uh, really had some clutch at-bats. And Captain Caveman, Outman, he's been great. So, uh, you know, I I give credit to the Dodgers, letting him get some uh, looks against lefties. And he's really come up big, plays a fantastic center field. Um, So, yeah, I'm really excited about the young kids getting to play. And and I have my fingers crossed Shohei Otani hoping for that mid-season trade, and he winds up in blue.
0: Yeah, and, you know, you can't overlook what Freddie Freeman's doing. He's having a career year, just killing it. And J.D. Martinez, uh, I don't think anybody expected this type of contribution from him. Now, Mookie's been a little bit off. He's still hitting the home runs, but I think he's batting over 20 points below his career average, which could be good, though. If he gets rolling, uh, that could be – that could help – get the Dodgers rolling in turn.
2: Yeah, if you take a look at the Dodgers from one through four, I mean, they, they can hang with anybody. You, you got Mookie, you got Freeman, you got Will Smith. who talk about underrated, that people are starting to pay attention. Uh, look at his numbers. His OPS numbers are off the charts. And then you got J.D. Martinez, if he you know continues to hit the way he has as your cleanup hitter. I mean, that's a solid one to four. Martinez has always been clutch throughout his career. That's a solid one through four. You know, developing the bottom part of that lineup. That's gonna be the key.
0: Yeah, I've I've been eyeing the standings over the first part of the season. And the one thing in their favor was the Giants were really struggling and and now they've bounced back big time. And NL West is tough. I mean, take away the Rockies. uh, Everybody's, you know, the Padres, I'm not counting them out yet. They have a really strong roster. Obviously, things are not going, the, going their way, but the Diamondbacks, Giants, Dodgers, it's going to be extremely entertaining uh, the second half of the season, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, the, uh, I think a lot of the, the worries about the Dodgers are based upon how strong that division has turned out to be. And everybody thought it was going to be the Padres uh, and the Dodgers fighting it out. And um, next thing you know, we get the Diamondbacks and the Giants playing really good ball. And uh, you know, credit to those organizations for for what they've done. But um, you know, if you but if you do, they're you know, ten games over five hundred. If you look at the uh, you know kind of the wild card situation, it looks like the that uh, the NOS could easily send three teams um, through, you know, and, and claim the wild card spot. So it'll be interesting to see.
0: Okay. Any last words on the Dodgers, uh, Paul? I, you're obviously hoping for a big trade for Otani. Uh, Do you think that would involve giving up just a bunch of prospects?
2: I think so. I think the Dodgers have enough quality prospects. You know, people are – what helps them is that the prospects in the past have turned out fairly well. So, Kelvin Ruiz with the Nationals, et cetera. Uh, They got Diego Cartea, uh, which is why he hasn't been called up because they're probably holding him for uh, his trade value. But a lot of the young pitchers have fared uh, pretty well. So I think they could put together a really competitive package uh, and not have to give up too much, uh, you know, of their frontline starters. So I, I think I think they can definitely do it. And I think Otani wants to be in LA. The history of players in LA from Japan that have done really well, right? We know that, right? Deonoma, guys like uh, Japan and Korea uh, have done really really well. So Channel Park. So I, I think it's a great fit um and he would fit in perfectly that rotation in that lineup i think it would it's just a match made in heaven if they if they can pull it up i think it's going to help the dodgers Dodgers got a legitimate shot at going all the way this year
0: one last my i have one final thought on the dodgers and dave roberts i'm not a big fan either but i don't watch closely enough to have a lot of data to back it up but i will have to say He's got to hold the record for number of pitchers throwing no-hitters pulled from a game. And it already happened once this year. And I get it. You know, you're trying to save the guy's arm. But a rookie out there, was it? I forget who it was. I think he had a six-inning no-hitter, and they had to pull him. And I get it. But as a fan, man, let him roll until he gives up a hit. But that's all I'm going to say about that. I know my most hardcore dodger fans would probably uh they understand it they get it but i don't know man as a fan you're just like no don't take that guy out okay I, enough dodgers maybe want to move on to the rams here and uh the first thing i wanted to talk about is uh let's talk ram tight ends and that's one of the most uh common discussions arguments i've seen on social media is do the rams carry four tight ends do they carry three uh and if they carry three who's the odd man out and i'll preface i'll preface that by saying that you know we all originally thought tyler higby was going to get cut after june 1st i guess he could still get cut but i don't think i think tyler higby is here to stay happy to say that happy to hear that but if we if we're keeping tyler higby and davis allen isn't i assume they're going to roll with him regardless as a rookie, what are your thoughts on that? I'll start with you, Tom. Do you think uh, the Rams roll with four tight ends, or do you think someone's at risk of uh, not making this fifty-three man roster?
1: Yeah, I mean, it c- does come down to whether or not they can be, uh, you know, sort of special teams um, uh, specialists. You know, where there's going to be always be a, a couple of positions that. Um, uh you know where they would typically keep the Rams have typically kept two tight ends on their on their 53-man roster so that's where we're that's the starting point and then one would be on the uh, you know the practice squad ready to go and uh so that's the starting point <laughs> so if we're asking about four then you know one if not two of those guys would have to be ex- you know extreme special team specialists I'm not sure where we have those guys on this roster
0: well, so, davis uh, allen davis allen was a big time contributor on special teams in college yeah uh but uh, yeah i agree i thought four uh i don't i don't think they're carrying four tight ends yeah, myself, I don't but think so. other,
1: yeah. the question is who's going to be the who you know if they do carry four uh, i'm sorry if they don't carry four then who's the odd man out and you know right now unfortunately as, as we all know I, I like them to get rid of higby um and uh and let those other guys play you know sort of taking the same tack that they've done with so many other positions and freeing up roster slots, um, even if it doesn't help them win this year, freeing up roster slots to let other guys play to see how they do. But, uh, but if they don't cut Higby, um, they're going to keep Allen. Uh, so it's going to come down to Long and Hopkins. And uh, I think Hopkins might be the odd man out.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I thought it would come down to Long or Hopkins as well. Uh, how about you, Paul? Do you have any thoughts on the Rams' tight end situation?
2: Yeah, the the likelihood of them carrying four, historic, you know, based on what McVeigh has done in the past is highly unlikely. But um, what's interesting is twice he has made public comments that he wants to run 12 much more frequently, right, 12 sets, probably to do better in short-yardage situations, which would be fantastic, honestly. Uh, but if you look at the tight end situation, like you pointed out, it's actually pretty rock solid for the Rams. You know, yeah, yeah. You got, if you take a look at it, right, you got Higby, you got Long, you know, the guy I've been trying to I would love to see him get on the field a lot more Hopkins to see what he can do. And now he got another really nice TE prospect in Allen. So the Rams have, you know, surprisingly an embarrassment of riches at a position that they tend to not really utilize uh, very well. So um, I don't, you know, despite what he has said publicly, I don't think he's going to run a lot of 12. He said, he said that before, and we wind up in that, those 11 sets almost exclusively. So um, I think you can probably move Hopkins. I, I would not like that, but if it's one of the four, if they're, if they're going to keep Higby, then they have no choice. I don't think you're going to get much for uh, Hunter Long. And I think you can get probably a little bit more because he's young Hopkins and he, and he has that dynamic potential. Um, it would be a shame. I think they really have to move on from Higby. I think, you know, I, I cannot for the life of me figure out how he's still on this roster. I really can't. I mean, he, he doesn't stay healthy. He doesn't, um, you know, he always falls short of projected targets. So... I mean, I'm not blaming him. It could be the game planning, whatever it may be. But the bottom line is, you know, it's a position that's undervalued in the offense to begin with. Why is he still on the roster? If you take a look at the rest of the roster, right, they really have trimmed it down to the bare bones. Why are you holding on to Higby? It just doesn't make any sense to me. The best thing to do is move him and let, you know, between Long, Hopkins, and Allen, that's a great rotation. It's a great young rotation. Uh, hunter long is that steadying influence right you know you, you you know you will get that those solid reps from him i think that's the way they should go with those three
0: yeah um i when i said three or four i was i probably wouldn't even ask this question except for some of the feedback i've been getting online people are arguing for four tight ends and i think it's going to be three at the most and uh, i kind of thought hunter long could end up on the practice squad perhaps uh, or Bryce Hopkins. I think it'd be between those two. Okay. I think we kind of have an, uh, similar opinions on that. Uh, although I, I do think I'd really be surprised if the Rams moved on from Tyler Higbee at this point. And I wonder how much Matthew Stafford has to say about that as well. Uh, if we're gonna, if Matthew Stafford wants Tyler Higbee around, uh, Tyler Higbee is probably going to be around okay let's move on in the next uh issue two or three quarterbacks and i talked to tom a little bit before, uh, prior to this uh sync up that they will carry three tight three quarterbacks the question is you know who's going to be the active guy early in the year perhaps um how do you feel about that tom you have pretty good insight on how the rams manage their roster you got a rookie, and then, you know, Brett Ripion. I think he's played an eight NFL game, so it's not like he's a seasoned veteran either. But I'm not sure Stetson Bennett would be a viable backup day one. Maybe, you know, that remains to be seen.
1: Yeah, I think they'll carry three. They've, they've carried three in the past, um, even before the new rule, um, which just to summarize for people, I'm I, surprisingly still a lot of, um, uh, you know, I, lack of uh, understanding of this rule but essentially it's saying that you can you can activate right now you can activate 48 uh players for game day and what they're saying is you can activate uh essentially a 49th um as long as it's a a third quarterback
0: how about you paul um i I, they're clearly going to keep all three of those i guess uh, maybe a, a better question would be are they gonna bring in someone else? And I know they got another uh younger guy on the roster as well. This but, morning uh,
2: this morning, 5 a.m. You mean you you weren't aware of all of the uh the explosion on Twitter and all the other social media about um what was it? Uh Kirk Cousins coming to the ramp?
0: Oh, geez. Those uh, you know, I did a little bit on my uh sports pet peeves about these guys these random writers it would almost be like me if i had an audience on the internet and i'd say hey you know what the rams should trade aaron donald for yada 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 and the next thing you know it's getting blown up as a rumor as a proposal as a serious uh uh, possibility and the whole kirk cousins thing it's like it's just someone guessing that that would be a viable option but yeah.
1: the Exact opposite kind of a player that we need, right? The same age as Stafford. I think he might even be a few few months older. Um, you know, in terms of the three quarterback, yeah, they'll keep three. I think Rippon might be the second quarterback, and then they might just um they might use Bennett as a um as that third QB for a while until he gets more comfortable in the offense. Uh, so that essentially Ripon would be the second man in if something happened to Stafford later in the season that might get flipped. Um and Bennett might, uh, you know, once once they give get some confidence in him. Um, although he might play a lot, he will certainly play a lot in uh, preseason. And if they do feel like he's ready, then, you know, he he will ultimately have the nod as the second QB. It's just a matter of when.
0: Yeah, uh, probably not a viable question, but a good talking point, two or three quarterbacks. What do we got next? Um, let's see uh, <clears throat> who emerges as the number three wide receiver. And I'm assuming it's uh cup and jefferson one two and then you got two two atwell um you know ben Skaronic, a couple of new guys they brought on uh paul i you're you're gonna probably throw puka in there as potential number three wide receiver it might be a little early for him though i'll let you take this one first uh what do you see happening uh on the rams wide receiver who's gonna who's gonna be if you had to take a guess right now if Cup and Jefferson are 1-2 in, in targets and receptions, who's going to emerge as the number three guy?
2: I got to tell you, I mean, honestly, I, I don't have an answer for that one because when you look at it, you know, um, I don't see a front runner. I really don't. It's almost – it's very even across the board. The good news is that, you know, ben, ben Scull got held out the last two days of OTAs, which means that there, were, there was a, a lot being written that he might get released. But that shows you that they definitely are interested in keeping him around, which is great because I think he's a solid player. Um, is he is he ready to step up and be the number three wide receiver? Does he have the offensive skill set? Has it developed to that point? That's that's a big question. So um, I don't think so. Um, so we'll see about that. Um, Tutu Atwell, uh, just saying the name it causes me great agony. So uh, I would you know. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna get you a 2 I'm gonna
0: get. I'm gonna send you a tutu Atwell jersey. <laughs>
2: so I think they definitely want to get him into the mix. I really do. I think. I think the number three and the number four slots. I think you're gonna have like a rotational sort of scenario, and you know, you'll see. You know, whoever comes fo- steps forward steps forward, unless you know some. I don't really think they're gonna bring in another veteran. I really. I was hoping they would. Uh, when you look at the market, you know they do have Robinson on the roster. Uh, i don't know if you know they'll work him in at number three sort of like uh you know like a quasi robert woods role but i doubt that so i don't know i think number three is wide open um but i think on a rotational aspect they have enough talent there they can get uh some quality production Uh, but i definitely think they're going to try to get two two atwell reps early on um and we'll see how it develops Uh, i would love to see puka by the by, midseason getting uh, a lot of reps out there, whether it's at the number three or at the number four, because I think he, he's ju- he's just bursting at the seams of talent. I think he's going to be a very solid NFL player.
0: Yeah, and I think I have a question later on about Tyler Johnson and Demarcus Robinson, so I'll yeah. save my comments on that. How about you, Tom, what's your best guess for that? How that I number three spot evolves?
1: One word answer. Maybe it's two. Two two, uh, you know I think I think McVay realizes he's made a mistake there, and that uh, with two two, they made a lot of comments about two two's willingness to uh, to do everything that's needed to for a third receiver for a receiver to be on the field. Uh, you know where they they continue to go uh, they continue to go empty. They run a lot of different plays off of the same set. so they need players, uh, the, especially the receivers, in there to be able to do a lot of different things, including block. And I think tutu has shown a willingness to do that so at least that's what they're saying so uh, and he knows he in order to get on the field on the, for this team he has to be able to do those things so i feel like uh, he adds a uh, he's not going to block like Sko and block obviously but he certainly adds a whole another dimension and opens up the playbook for mcveigh and i think that that's what they're really um uh wanting to do and so i'm going to go with tutu Um, I think Sko is gonna go back to his backup role. Some, maybe some unique sets where he's, they show 11 personnel and drop him into the backfield. I think they like that. Uh, And then um, ultimately, uh, it doesn't seem like McCutcheon is coming along. Um, Robinson and Johnson, the two uh, free agents, I think are just there for a little bit of, uh, of, uh, just some veteran, you know, leadership and so forth, some backup roles. Uh, but the, I think Puka uh, is going to be kind of like they treated Lance last year. He's, he's not going to see the field a lot this year. Um, they're just going to, they like him as a developmental uh, talent. And, um, but I don't expect him to produce a lot this year, even though just like Lance percussion last year, where everyone's very excited about him. But um, yeah, I don't think there's room here. I just want to throw in one last thought. I do think that, uh with their targeting 2024 as their is their year right they're kind of uh you know, this is a developmental year uh to put it mildly and van jefferson's a free agent after this year so i think they could look to trade van jefferson at some point to a team that loses a receiver to injury or something or wants to build up a um uh you know build up their their you know a team that's that's competing that wants to add another weapon so i think they're going to showcase van and that could be the same thing they're doing with tyler higby is showcase him early and then get something for him in a trade because um like van jefferson higby is also uh a free agent after this year and so um, i don't think either of those guys are going to get re-signed
0: yeah that would kind of kind of be my take i think too too early maybe puka later on in the year um that that's probably how I, that would be my best guess on how this is going to evolve with number three spot and your comments about um, Tyler Johnson and Demarcus Robinson, Well, there's my next question. And the reason I included this was, uh, I, I don't know if you saw, I, I shared my roster locks and I posted it on Reddit as right. well. And it was pretty limited. I mean, I'm talking 100% roster locks and, and you you throw yourself uh, uh really expose yourself to a lot of criticism because I left guys like Ben Skouranagoff, for example. And I left Logan Bress off and yeah, I'll take the shots. I'm probably, probably wrong on um, both of those. I'll probably end up being wrong. But, uh, you know, they bring in guys like Tyler Johnson and Demarcus Robinson, uh, you mentioned Van Jefferson maybe being on the trading block. I think it's gonna be a really, I think we're gonna be in for a surprise on the wide receiver front. Uh, and I think, now I don't think Tyler Johnson, Demarcus Robinson and Ben Skowronik all make this team but I would not be 100% surprised if Ben ended up being the odd man out. That's just my opinion. How do you feel about it, Tom? You kind of already said you really don't think these guys are viable options for the 53-man roster.
1: Yeah, I don't think Skoranek's an odd man out at all. Um, he's, a valuable, uh, he's a valuable piece on that, um, a valuable player on that uh, team. He he also could play special teams. Um, and he's showing; he's proven that he can play in the NFL. Like you don't get rid of a guy like that. Uh, so I don't. I, I don't think uh, he's an odd man out. But I don't. I just don't think he'll get the. Certainly won't get the play time and the touches that he did last year. Uh, Paul, are, Paul, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the schoolman is a. I think the schoolman's a lot to make the roster. Uh, a couple of things. Number one, his versatility uh absolutely you know when he i think i'm speaking for all ram fans when we saw him in the backfield last year i think we jumped off the sofa. we were like there you go he has that element of toughness that he brings to that particular position the wide receiver position which i think is important but he's shown enough offensive progression over the years that we've definitely seen that upward trend and you know his ability to uh with his hands route running uh he was much more reliable last year in that respect. So I think he is going to make the roster. I think the problem with projecting what the Rams are going to do is, you know, begrudgingly, I have to come to terms with it. If this does turn out to be a tank year, well, they're, you know, normally when we do this, our logic is based on what's going to give us the best chance to win. Not necessarily what's the best thing for next year. So i think that's the hard part about making these sort of predictions and projections is you know we really don't know what the thought process is going to be for this year i hate to use that term tank year but if you look at this roster right now that's what it looks like right building it up leaving room open for next year and you know make that run so we'll see we'll we'll, we'll see how it goes but i think uh between tyler johnson i think demarcus robinson has the best shot if anything Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's a proven veteran. He he gets high marks for character. Coaches love him. Um, and the toughness character part of it, I think is something that, uh, the Rams tend to like at the wide receiver position.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Um, like someone pushed back on my, on the subreddit page that Ben was a a lock. And I said, well, he's 99%, which is not a hundred percent lock. So there, that's how I defended my position. Okay, what do we got next? Um, what would the Rams' offensive line look like at opening day? And, you know, it's kind of a – the Rams have suddenly suddenly have a very nice problem on their hands, in my opinion. They have a lot of pretty good offensive linemen. I don't know if they have any great offensive linemen, but I'll go ahead and take my first shot at this. I, I'm just going back and forth on the left tackle spot, but I think they're going to give Joseph Noteboom uh, the first run at it. Left guard will be Avila. Center, Brian Allen. Right guard, Coleman Shelton, and right tackle, Rob Havenstein. And the guys I'm leaving out are Logan Bruss, obviously, and Alaric Jackson. I think both have a reasonable shot uh, at maybe putting a dent, maybe uh, stealing a starting spot. Um, I'll let you go first, Paul. What's your guess on this offensive line opening day?
2: Yeah, you know the that's my five um, only because those are your your proven players. I, I think Avila; they're going to give him every chance to win that guard position. The only thing that probably uh, in the thought process is Coleman being such a quality center is that do you let him stay healthy for as your backup center slot in case you need him and let Logan Bruss step forward and try to win that right guard slot? Does Logan Bruss show you enough to win that right guard slot? But I agree with That would be my five. The only tweak to that would be is if they get creative in how they're going to use Shelton Coleman. Because you could – Yeah, they have –
0: Yeah, because he's a quality player. No question. Yeah, a lot of flexibility. They have a lot of flexibility with Shelton – uh, and I think breasts they were they had uh, breast taking uh, snaps at right tackle and I don't know uh, you can take that a couple of ways is it hey dude, you're not cutting it, but let's see if you you can be a swing guy for us or uh, hey maybe he's he's starting to show up and uh, can he bear our backup right tackle as well. How about you Tom? Yeah you about
1: I think it's gonna go uh, left to right. Uh, Alaric Jackson, uh, Steve Avila, uh, Tremaine, Tremaine Ingram, I'm sorry, Coleman Shelton at center, um, and then uh, Ancrum, uh and Havenstein on the right.
0: Uh, oh, wow, Ankrum, that's a surprise.
1: Yeah, I think he's going to show out. Um, I think that um, he, he showed really well before he got hurt last year. Um, I think those are the best five that we have. Uh, I think Bruss, if, if you remember, even before he got hurt, he really struggled. Um, not sure that that's going to pan out. Uh, certainly, I don't think he's going to win a starting job. Um, and then, uh, you know, I think Brian Allen is going to unfortunately lose out, lose the job to Coleman Shelton. And if I think they're going to have to stay true to what they said, which is every every position is up for grabs and the best the best players are going to win it. I don't think that they're going to lose the locker. They're going to lose the the uh, offensive line room if they're they start to play favorites based upon contracts and so forth and alert jackson as we all know was very vocal about that um in twitter last year and uh so <clears throat> i think it is going to be jackson winning that job i think no boom is going to end up being a uh, a backup guard or and obviously a backup tackle of tackle just um, a jackson. swing guy yeah yeah swing guy and uh and then uh yeah i think the question mark is how many are they going to carry because they really can run ten deep if you include our Curry and McClendon and um in addition to Allen Bruss and Noteboom. So it'll be interesting to see how many they carry. They typically carry eight, right? Um eight is a eight is a must because you get that that's where you get that forty eighth active slot if you carry an eighth lineman. So that's a given. The question is will they carry nine or ten? And uh I think they could carry nine is yeah after uh, last guess. year
0: I would hope so. Yeah, yeah and yeah. it's it just you're you're um Starting lineup there just highlights how much flexibility and how many pretty good offensive linemen they have. In my opinion, it's not as dire as a lot of people think and a lot of pre-draft analysis saying that the Rams' offensive line was horrible. Well, it was, but it was the second and third string offensive line that was horrible. What do you make of Sean McVay's comment his very first? Press conference uh, at the mini camps. I think it was his first press conference. One of the first guys he mentioned was Mike McAllister. Do you think he's just uh, throwing some praise at a guy that you know came out of nowhere and has no shot at making this roster, or is he? Is he? You know, what I'm talking about. He's a guy from Youngstown State, one of their last additions to the roster. Do you think he actually has a shot at making this roster? Well, I, th- I guess I'll, I'll go ahead.
2: Well, two things. I think you know. So, I'm a big Sheldon Coleman fan as well. Um, one thing about Brian Allen, though, is that Stafford's buddy. So that's the thing. So that's the uh, that's the X factor right there. Stafford's a big Brian Allen fan. I think we all know that. So that's going to be interesting to see. But I think you, to Tom's point, you know, about open competition on the line, I I think that goes for every position. I think McVeigh was very vocal about. Prior to last year, the Rams being in the right mindset coming off that Super Bowl victory, and clearly they were not, right? And, you know, I don't think that just falls squarely on the players, right? That has a lot to do from an organizational standpoint. And I think he's trying to get them back to that sort of blue-collar, lunch-pail mentality. I think that's why, you know, he wants to encourage that competition, whether it's just lip service, whatever it may be. I do think the Rams are very, very deep. You know, when you start talking about even guys like AJ Curry, there there are people that really like him, and so the Rams have to be careful. Also, it, the, it's not going to be just, uh, just you know stick them on the practice squad. You might have teams coming in and sit, you know try to pull these guys. So it's going to be they have to be very careful and thoughtful in what they're doing. But I definitely I agree with you. I think it was it was great to hear him say that to sort of get out of that prima donna mode that might have sort of sort of crept in last year. Um, but i um, We'll see. You know, the, it, you can never yeah. have too much depth on the O line. We learned that last year. Yeah.
0: Okay, what do we got next? Um, so I was really surprised they cut the kicker that they did cut. Tanner Brown right now is potentially their kicker. Ethan Evans can also kick off, uh, but Tanner Brown really accurate. Uh, but not a big leg. Are, is he the guy we're rolling with, Tom? Do you have any thoughts on this, or do you think they're going to bring in another kicker?
1: Yeah, I mean it appears that that that's uh, they really like him. Um, the it's interesting. They they uh, I guess he was outperforming. Uh, you know, he was outperforming in, in camp and so forth. But then they brought in um, uh, they brought in some video equipment, some video analysis where it. it it doesn't just you know it's not just video but it, it measures uh angles and you know all the the metrics and so forth um you know analytic stuff and uh and you know leg swing and angles and all this kind of thing and uh and force and so forth and that's the day that that's the day they made the cut so um i thought that was an interesting tidbit
0: yeah i did hear that i think i read somewhere that christopher dunn the other kicker had a low trajectory which was the problem Sam Sloman had. Um, So maybe that was uh, the deciding factor. You got any thoughts on this, Paul? Are we rolling with Tanner Brown? And obviously, Ethan Evans is going to be our punter.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, when you look at the special team situation, you you talk about blood pressure going up. But (laughs) Tanner Brown, is uh, that was a scouting report on him. I would think he's Oklahoma State, right? Um, That he was uh, very, very accurate. kickoffs were you know not terrible the average starting point was like 24.8 so you know one thing I will throw out there just to have a little because I know uh you put out your your predictions on Reddit one thing I just threw out there and I can't believe the blowback I got Robbie Gold is a free agent by the way 40 years old right wouldn't that be a great kicker to have on there never missed a kick in the postseason by the way so uh, I will say this, so, regardless of if it's a, uh, you know, I hate to use that term, tank season, whatever it may be, um, kicker, in my opinion, translates to at least two wins versus losses easily in, during the season. So I don't think it would be a bad idea. Uh, Tanner Brown, like I said, gets high marks for accuracy, um, you know, but, you know, being, being clutch in the NFL is, is a different story. So um, I – I think they should bring in a veteran kicker whether or not they do that um, you know it's still early it's still very early I think that's whole scenario I think they're gonna they got their long snapper uh, I don't think they're gonna spend a lot of money a punter they could roll with the punter but the kicker situation they have to definitely resolve because like I said even if it's a tank season it's gonna translate to about two wins so you know just throwing it out there Robbie gold at 40 you can get him around the cheap and you can't get more reliable than that
0: yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, Tanner Brown is out of Saugus, which uh, that probably doesn't mean it much to you, Paul. But that's uh, you know the corner, of the uh, out in the San Fernando Valley, oh, nice. uh, earthquake country, basically. <laughs> um, let's see, what do we got next uh, at safety? Is it Fuller than yeast or Lake? And I think that this is trending towards Fuller and yeast. Um, but you know Quentin Lake was drafted before Yeast, but you know I got a slow start because of the injury, and they got a, they got a, the rookie Jason Taylor and a couple of promising, or at least hopefully promising, undrafted rookies as well. Is it Fuller and Yeast in that discussion? End of discussion. How do you feel about it, Tom?
1: Yeah, I think that uh, I think that Yeast is probably. Um you know has the it's going to be fuller for sure and then I do think it's gonna be yeast uh but you know it'll be Lake right there they'll, they'll both get lots of snaps I think uh unlike in the past when the Rams haven't really rotated the safeties I think they're going to see a lot of uh a lot of players out there it's again this is a, especially on the defense it's a very very much of a, of a developmental or uh, you know try out year um evaluation year, and so uh, we're gonna see a lot of rotations and a lot of different combinations. So um, who they start with might, you know, certainly isn't gonna be who they end up with. Um, and so uh, it'll be interesting to see how they, and I'm really excited to see how they rotate these combinations and test things out.
0: How about you, Paul, how do you feel, how do you see the safety group shaking out?
2: Well, you know, if we, if we thought the Rams forums last year when they were screaming about D backs playing 10, uh, 10 yards off the ball. If you look at the names we're throwing out right now, and if you look at the cornerback situation, they're going to be playing 10 yards off the ball this year too. It's going to be a a lot of like, don't get beat deep. A lot of, you know, a lot of that zone that uh, a lot of people uh, lose their mind over. But uh, yeah, I mean the situation, I mean, um, fingers crossed that Fuller comes back to, you know, uh full potential he you know him making the calls back there i don't think that's such a bad idea um you know look they're going to play a lot of the young kids to see what happens um they're going to have to get creative back there but you know we're not going to see a lot of aggressive secondary play you know it's going to be you know don't get beat um very conservative and um Let's see who emerges. You know, I, I think I think Taylor, you know, he he looks like a really good prospect. Yeast showed a lot of a lot of really quality play in the short time that we saw him. His coverage skills were a lot better than I anticipated. Um, so we'll see. I think you know to complement Fuller is you need someone that's really going to have uh, that range. You know, Fuller plays best in that intermediate and coming up to the LOS, that's where Fuller plays best. So you really going to need somebody rangy on the other side of him. So we'll see how that plays out. But it's really going to be, you know, best man uh, wins the job.
0: Yeah, and I I still remember a lot of uh, draft sites were calling out safety as a position of need for the Rams, and I just didn't see it. And I think the draft bore that out. Similar situation at cornerback, I think they're settled on Durant and Kendrick, and Kendrick's Stock has really uh, been on the uptick uh, since last year, and uh, Tom, you kind of said it best, perhaps, that he got thrown into the fire a lot earlier than the Rams probably wanted, and uh, he's he's got a lot of potential. It looks like they're going to roll with those two guys. Uh, I can only guess, you know, who's going to be the outside corners, who's going to be the nickel guy i've seen people i got durant's name spelled wrong there uh durant is going to be the um um the nickel guy how do you see that panning out there tom i'll start with you the next guy up is it is it the rookie tomlinson
1: yeah i don't think they can roll with tomlinson out of the gate um you know durant and kendrick uh fortunately <laughs> for this year unfortunately for last year had a lot got a lot of snaps in the nfl and um, so uh, I think those are their, your two primary cornerbacks um and to Paul's point that's uh that's uh concerning um despite their upside uh it's just uh you know rolling with no leadership at all in the uh, in the cornerback in the, I should in the point out
0: that I, I someone posted a depth chart just yesterday and that and they had Rochelle as a starter
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I was going to ask about him he's the the disappearing man and you know last year and what uh, completely buried on special teams and never got in the game, even even as the, uh, you know, the the ranks, um, you know, continue to fall. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see if he emerges back into the rotation this year. Uh, so, and then there's the Sean Jolly question mark, right? He was All right, really, right. Uh, yeah, they really kept him uh, active last year. Um, they didn't, and he wasn't, he wasn't game day active, but he was on the 53. It really was, he was a shelf player. Um, a lot like McCutcheon and uh, so they obviously had plans for him for this year Uh, so yeah it'll be interesting to see how how that emerges but again this is going to be a uh, plug and play rotate you know I'm sorry rotational kind of a thing of very much of an evaluation situation with different combinations and uh, I I just want to add that that to Paul's point that they're going to play off the ball and, and really give a lot of cushion, um, get beat over the top, even even if they come up at all, is be- a lot of the factor is going to be we haven't hit on the defensive line yet. But if, if we stick with the edges that we have right now, uh, <laughs> you know, that was the problem last year. The reason these guys got beat is because the quarterbacks had way too much time. There wasn't any pressure off the edge, um, especially on that right edge, which was a disaster last year. Uh, if that if they stick with these edges and they don't come through, um, then it's going to be a a lot of long days for this secondary. And with their lack of experience, it's it's unfortunately not going it, to it's not going to give them their best look.
0: How about you, Paul? You uh, I, you started out as a big fan of Rochelle, and I know you've soured on him. Uh, How do you see this cornerback situation evolving for the Rams?
2: Yeah, when Rochelle, I mean, like I said, you know, he came into the NFL, oodles of talent, you know, like talk about the invisible man since then, right? It's, uh, I think he's going to get every shot to win the corner slot. He really is, which is really scary. Opposite Kendrick. So um, one thing I will say, you know, Kobe Durant looks solid as a slot corner, rock solid as a slot corner. And that's really where they need to play him. If they put him at the edge, he's going to get exposed. So um, if you take a look at that, Kendrick, Durant and Rochelle, obviously, you know, you know, let's see what happens. You know, hold on for dear life, you know. But, you know, one good thing is that every year you have veteran safeties and veteran corners on the cheap that are always out there. Right. Like right now, uh, Troy Hill's still out there. So
0: yeah, John Johnson, I think, John is still Johnson out there as out well. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: he's out there as well. So uh, you got Darby's out there, right? Marcus
0: Peters is Marcus Peters still available? Please, I think he is. What
2: What are you trying to do to me? Are you mentioning <laughs> Marcus? <Peters? laughs> so that's another jersey you might want to mail. You want to mail to me so I I can. Uh... <laughs> So, but honestly, I think they do have to pick up. You know, it, it's just not going to work with what they have. They they're definitely going to have to sign somebody who can actually play. Tht and Sean Jolly on the on the backside as depth. I mean, hey, listen, these are young guys. Let them learn. But that's quality stuff behind them though. Tht I think is going to be a really good player in the NFL. Uh, but they definitely need somebody who can play the boundary. I mean, honestly, it, it's it's just not it's not going to be a good look. And you know, you can only scheme so much. Um, so. I think they will bring in a cheap veteran to play corner and, get, and sort of just add a little bit more quality depth to that scenario.
0: And a dark horse, I think, in this cornerback group is the undrafted rookie McCutcheon. He's going to, I think he has an outside chance of making this roster. Okay, let's move on to what do we got next? Um, you know, we got Ernest Jones at inside linebacker, check, no problem with that. And after that, uh, I just don't know, I I guess it's Jake Hummel is gonna be the second guy in, the number two inside linebacker. Aside from this, uh, again, Ernest Jones is perfectly competent, a a solid linebacker. But after that, I don't know, man, I I don't have a real good uh, fuzzy about this position group. I'll start with you, Paul. Do you have any faith in uh, Hummel, Christian Roseboom, there's a couple of undrafted rookies. We talked a little bit about this right after the draft. I know there's a couple of guys you really like. Um, yeah. And I have a feeling one of them's going to make the team.
2: You know, I think, I think Ernest Jones is definitely an ascending star for the Rams. Uh, they raved about him at OTAs. Um, and that doesn't surprise me at all. When he got drafted, remember when he got drafted, we all said, wow, he got drafted a lot higher than anticipated. And that was all about production and character. Um, so it does not surprise me what came out of OTAs when they were commenting about him. Um, I think just, and to your point about when you had commented about what McVeigh said at the press conference, I think inside linebacker is the perfect way to send that message, right? Make it, let it be wide open, the, you know, whoever gets it, gets it and send the message across the board that, you know, um, everything has to be earned, nothing given. But then again, you know, the other side inside linebacker doesn't play much in this scheme anyway. So we will see know right. how it goes. So Hummel and Rosenboom, just from familiarity, do have the advantage. But you never know. Having a dark horse win that spot, that it's, I think that's always great to have early in the season to sort of get the excitement, You know, get everybody sort of on their toes. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. But I'm not expecting major surprises at inside linebacker.
0: How about you, Tom? You got any uh, contrarian opinions on that position group?
2: No, not at all.
1: It's going to be Hamlin and Rose. We can get to fight it out and see who can make plays uh, next Ernest Jones. And uh, pretty simple. The other one, there will be a lot of special teams play for the other guy, uh, whoever doesn't make the position, whoever doesn't uh, get that job. And so, uh, yeah, it's pretty straightforward.
0: Yeah, I think the other guys we were talking about, I think you, uh, Paul, after the draft, uh, oh, man, I'm going to struggle with this name if he makes the roster, Aniel Labechi and then they're a square as well right uh just they just need more john smiths on this roster and make my uh, life a lot easier uh let's see what else uh, you know a, a forgotten guy along that defensive line okay and i bring i throw out laurel laurel murchison because i thought he played pretty well in place of aaron donald really and you got kobe turner marquise copeland jonah williams uh, aaron donald obviously uh, Bobby Brown, Ernest Brown IV. Maybe I should have thrown to Ernest Brown IV's uh, uh, name on this list, it, it, paired it with Murchison. These two guys seem to be forgotten. A lot of the discussions I've seen about the Rams' defensive line. How do you feel about that? Are these guys going to be—Ernest um, uh, Ernest, uh, Brown, I just don't know what to make of him. And Murchison, I'm not sure why people are kind of—they're uh, just not talking about him.
1: Yeah, it's This is another open competition, <laughs> It's Aaron Donald. And you know, obviously, you know, Copeland has the most experience uh, you know, we need. We need the big we need Bobby Brown to show up on that, uh, uh, you know, in that uh, nose position. Um, you know, Kobe Turner is obviously turning heads, uh, Jonah Williams. So it, it, I think they're going to have uh, it's going to be another open competition. We're going to see who can play, who can put pressure, um, the same thing on the edge. And uh, it's uh, it's going to be another another evaluation position, and I'm, I'm yeah. so looking forward to it.
0: I think Deshawn Johnson will end up playing along that front as well. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be another competitive group. But um, Murchison, I, I I threw his name out there because I just feel like he's being overlooked and forgotten. How about you, Paul? Uh, any? Any uh, interesting opinions on the Rams' defensive line situation?
2: Yeah, I think there were a lot of concerns. Uh, I think last time when we all met up, uh, Tom and I were like, where's A'shaun Robinson? I, I, the Rams, the, I, Bobby Brown or no Bobby Brown, I think the Rams are going to have a hard time stopping the run this year. If you look at that front, I, that does not look like an NFL-ready front to stop the run. And I think teams are going to be able to sort of uh, keep them on the field and wear them down because of that. So uh, they they definitely, uh, unless something someone really emerges as a as a as a major player, um, they that's that's going to be a major weakness is run defense this year. So um, I really like um, you know Bobby Brown's potential, uh, but you know to, to be able to do it for an entire NFL season that's you know that's why certain guys stay in the NFL they don't have a career sack but they've been in the NFL for 15 years you know why because they stopped the run and they're able to plug two gaps so guys like that so um there's some names that are out there you know uh Linval Joseph is out there guys that can do that so we'll see um whether or not they're gonna spend the money and do that well you know that's a different story altogether like I said, it's hard to project if they're going to just see like we want to see what we have and, you know, um, you know, trial by fire or, you know, do you do it to try to win ball games? So no way to really to really know. So this offseason is very different because in, like last year it was we're coming off the Super Bowl. We don't want anybody getting hurt in the offseason. We, we know who our starters are. It's the exact opposite this year, right? We don't know who our starters are. Yeah. And now they're like, we want to open competition in the off season. So. It's it's a complete turnaround, so it's going to be interesting to watch.
0: Yeah, it sounds like, based on what both of you are saying, Bobby Brown really better step up, or this unit could be in big trouble. But hey, we always got Aaron Donald, and any unit with Aaron Donald on it's going to be at least okay, I would hope. Uh, Throw in a little bit of Marquise, Copeland, and uh, some other guys. Maybe it's not as tired as we think. And, uh, you know, we you already talked about uh, your concerns about the edge, Paul, uh, Tom, and who's going to get it done, you know, Byron Young, another guy we really need to, Rams have to hit on this draft pick, and Daniel Hardy, I originally thought the drafting of multiple edge guys was an indication the Rams did not have, uh, weren't feeling it. I did not have a good feeling about Daniel Hardy's ability to step into that uh, daily uh, starting role and really contribute every game off the edge. But then I got some some indications from minicamp that he was showing up. He looked really fit, looked, looked ripped. We've heard that a million times at minicamp. So, so who knows? Who knows what kind of player Daniel Hardy is? Uh, We'll start with you, Paul. I mean, what are you hoping for off this, out of this group? Michael Hoyt's there. Uh, but I, I would hope that one of these two, Byron Young or, or Daniel Hardy, steps up.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, once again, just like with the D-line, they're, you know, they're asking a lot. You know, Hoyt is definitely a player. There's no question about it. Um, trying to find who's going to hold down the other side, that's the big question. They are really, really going to miss Floyd. Because you know, not just from the pass rush standpoint, what Floyd did against the run was never talked about, but that's why he was signed. Okay, that's why he was signed. Because the ability that he had to hold that edge and and also rush the pass that combination, that length, um, that's something that they really – and I don't see a player on this roster that can do that. Hoyt, you know, Hoyt's a different type of player. I mean, he's a big guy, but he's a different type of player. So I think that's really the strong side backer position, outside backer position is, is right now a glaring weakness for the Rams that's going to get exploited. So they have to really, really get creative in how they're going to resolve that.
1: Yeah, this is a uh, <laughs> Michael Hoyt is our veteran um, um, on the edge, you know, a converted interior defensive linemen and uh so again it's there's i i respect them for sticking to the script um and i i really hope i'd be very disappointed if they start to plug you know get one-year guys that one-year veterans to start plugging holes in this defense even if uh, if it starts to leak Um, they need to see who can play and unless they start to write guys off because they, you know, the Bobby Brown style and just know that the guy can't play and he'll never play again. And, and he's discarded and they go through too many guys, then they'll, then they will do that. But uh, <laughs> I just, I just see him throwing out, you know, Hoyt and young to start. Uh, uh, we'll see plenty of Hardy Hampton will probably get in the mix. Eventually um, Keir Thomas, we haven't talked about, he could be the big surprise. He could be our star. Um, so, we just don't know. It's just like every other position, um, except for, uh, Donald and, um, Ernest Jones. Uh, you know, the thing about just going back to this, this, this topic is really is the theme of the, of the, of the season for the Rams is this big tryout at all these different positions, you know, short of, of, you know, maybe quarterback and running back or, you know, something like that. There's, there's competition for the third receiver spot. Like we talked about and. Um, offensive line but every other position is, is wide open so the but if you go if you look at the, the going back to the safeties just real quick since we're on this topic jordan fuller is one of the only free agents um unrestricted free agents on the entire defense i think copeland's the other one um, going into next year so if they're sort of sticking to the script then we know they don't resign uh uh safeties so uh if they stick to the script we might see um you know a guy like fuller get traded or you know somebody or or copeland or somebody like that if they if they really ball out and just really free up spots for guys that could come back and contribute next year so uh yeah then i just i hope they stick to that script and don't just start plugging in one year rentals to make their team a little bit better it just completely defeats the purpose for a lot of reasons one is Obviously, you know, getting the uh, evaluation of the younger guys, it just takes up a spot that you could get a lot of snaps and evaluatory snaps at. And then it also maybe gives you a better chance to win, but who cares if we win, you know, five games or seven games? Like, you know, it really doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, the one guy we haven't mentioned is Mathis. He's another guy that could contribute a little bit here. Um, I think that's my last talking point here. Um, so... It sounds like both of you have resolved uh, that this is going to be a long and painful year for the Rams. And my only pushback on that is, and I've talked about this on podcasts and on Reddit a little bit too, is if you if you look at the quarterback situation in, in the NFC and you rack and stack the teams with the quarter starting quarterbacks in mind, you know, the Rams, you know, could only have to overperform a little bit to sneak into the playoffs. And that's all I really want out of this season is if they could get to the dance. And I still think it's possible. I know you, it sounds like both of you disagree. Are you, do you think this, Paul, do you think this season is just a total wash, no shot at the playoffs? Let's just focus on 2024. Um, is that what you're
2: saying? So me personally, I, I've never uh, agreed with teams that do like the whole uh, you know, let's, let's project we're going to pull it off next year because i think there's so many variables that have to sort of fall in line when you say i can predict when i'm going to do x y and z last year was a great example look at the nfc west right if they were competitive think about that they probably they would have been right there so um i think the same thing i think the nfc west is wide open um but the way they've approached the roster building they're sending a message you know it's it's whether or not we agree i mean you know, as fans, we have a different perspective, you know, as a business, they have their own perspective. Uh, we don't know what their feelings are on Stafford in terms of his timeline or what Stafford is saying to them in terms of his personal timeline. So there are a lot of variables there. You know, um, the one thing I will say is that they have to be careful because they we saw la- it's sort of odd because we saw it last year. They didn't keep Stafford healthy. They're very lucky Stafford didn't have, like, a career-ending injury last year, right? We were very, very lucky. So, you know, they say sometimes one thing, and then we see something else play out on the field. So, um, right now, the message that I'm receiving as a fan is that, you know, they are open competition. They want to see what they have. They're going to let the kids play, see who emerges. And when when they won in 21, if you look at that roster, there were a lot of unsung heroes on that roster. Think about that. So, I mean, to them – and I just want to throw this out, the signing of Sonny Michel. Come on. One year too late. All of last year. Come on, guys. What happened last year? We needed that guy. So, I'm glad he's back on the roster. I think that was a great signing for the Rams. I think that what's missing, and I'm hopeful that McVay gets this team back to it, was the lack of physicality last year. That's what killed the Rams. The lack of physicality across the board last year is what killed the Rams. Obviously injuries too, but on the field. So I'm hopeful that, you know, regardless of what happens, if they can establish solid fundamental play with physicality. Look, they've always been a strategic sort of situational defense. It's always been the thing with Raheem Morris. That's his game. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. He's proven that he can win with that. So... He doesn't need a lot to to do it on his side of the ball. But they are very, very thin on defense. Very, very thin on defense. So, you know, and you know, Tom's been saying it, uh, you know, I've been, you know, both fingers crossed, but you know, you gotta come to the realization. You look at this roster, I mean, it's a stretch. It really is. Unless they start doing
0: I, but this, but this could be a, a very dynamic and productive offense. Yeah, absolutely. Offense. I,
2: that's yeah, absolutely. There's enough potential on offense. Look at the running back room now. It was it was, it was almost laughable when we first met. You know, what was it a, a month and a half ago? But look at it now on paper, anyway. On paper, it looks strong, right? It looks strong, right? So you have a lot of scenarios where on offense, I think most Ram fans are very comfortable. On defense, though, that's when we, you know, start having the heart palpitations because that's going to be interesting. But you never know. Yeah, and it's going to be fun. Happen. Who knows, Tom? Right? Midseason, the Rams are sitting pretty. You know, some of the NFC NFC West teams are struggling. They might say, "All right, let's go get, grab two or three guys and make a run at this." Who knows? You know, you never know. Yeah. You know, So I think that the name of the game in the NFL is you have to be in it to win it, right? so try to stay competitive at some point you have to evaluate your season and be realistic so you never that could be an approach the rams are taking that you know might make sense maybe that's why the roster is the way it is so we'll see when teams get desperate they start cutting players they start trading players and that's when you get some really high value uh pickups so you never know but right now it looks bleak.
0: yeah i I know how you feel about this, Tom. You, <laughs> you, you think this is uh, completely uh, almost like a 17-game tryout for next year?
1: I agree with Paul's philosophy in general. Like, you never, you know, live to fight another day or tank. I think this is a unique situation, and that's why I'm okay with it. Otherwise, I, I, I'm generally not okay with that approach. But given the fact that we likely have... You know, twenty twenty four could be Aaron Donald's last year. It could be uh, Matthew Stafford's last year. Um, it's the uh, you know Cup will still be under contract for another year. Um, he's under contract for many more years, but you know the the real the realistic year is one more year after that. But uh, but I saw so with with Donald and Stafford, I mean those are the guys. I mean, there's there's what other quarterback are we going to go get? You know it was you know stetson bennett isn't our you know our savior he's not who we're going to rely on so we have these two guys that are extremely special players and they're going to not be on the team anymore after probably 2024 maybe 2025 if we're lucky but so given that i'm totally okay with this scenario that that with this this strategy we got to find out who can play and who can't play we didn't know last year and that was big, part of our biggest problem last year was having all these guys on the bench and we didn't know who could play and who couldn't play because they never had the chance and when they were called upon some of them couldn't play look at our edge situation last year right you know lewis and and you know and, and these guys it was a disaster it cost us you know an enormous number part of that season and it put that offensive line under pressure because we were getting behind in games and it just it just created a domino effect so, but we didn't know if they could play or not, you know. So there you go. So now we're going to know in 2024, and we and the other thing is they don't have any cap space this year to sign anybody. Like that's just there's we can't bring in anybody really any good that wants any kind of money at all. And so why sign somebody average to take up a roster spot of a guy we could get give 50 60 snaps to a game and see if you know get and test it out or mix and match different scenarios. Um, free up the cap space 2024, we have one last run with two extremely special players. And uh, but so I think it's a unique situation. Um, I'm all for it. I hope they don't start to compromise and fill gaps here and there uh, based upon pressure and take snaps away from these younger guys. I, I'm ready for uh, an offensive, a, a very good offensive year and a very poor defensive year. And uh, I also think that Stafford and uh, Donald, And Cup will both have um, many, many plays off, if not games off because of little nagging injuries, the occasional uh, appearance on the on the IR and uh, keep them healthy, especially Stafford, keep them healthy for next year and uh, for the following year. So, you know, that is my take. And I don't think that I think at this point, it's pretty obvious that that's the Rams strategy.
0: Well, um, I understand where you guys are coming from, but I think your your perspective might change if the Rams go up to Seattle and get a win, and then beat the Sam Darnold led 49ers and are two zero out of the gate. That's what I'm hoping for, and that's that, Sam Darnold. That's what to see, wow! But, okay. Uh,
1: Sam Darnold led Forty yeah, Niners. Uh,
0: it's it's just not in my nature to give up on this team. Uh I'm still hopeful they can find a way to get uh you know to be relevant in December. That's what I want. I want them to be relevant in December. Uh they have a, some easy stretches in their schedule. They need to they need to win the winnable games and they need to pull off a couple of upsets and uh Rams get so back to the playoffs That's what I'm hoping for. Every
2: episode uh that we have during the season, you should close with Dick Vermeil right, at the mic, saying, we will play good football with the tears coming out of his eyes? Are you going to play that every time?
0: Yeah, or uh, I thought you were going to say, you can't be tired. It's the Super Bowl. <laughs>
2: that was hysterical. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes, yes. Because uh, that season you know, that season for every Ram fan, I mean, I don't have to speak for you guys, for every Ram fan, that season you talk about beyond special because we weren't expecting that.
0: Yeah, someone uh, threw out, a, I don't know where it was, uh, which which Super Bowl was more special. And it, to me, it was the 99 Super Bowl, without a doubt, because I still remember, you know, those first two or three games, you know, it's like, did we just score 48 points again? Uh, it, it, and it just kept on building and building. And you, it was like a dream. It's like, I, I can't believe how good this team is, how good this offense is. Okay, any uh, final thoughts, Tom? Anything you want to close with? Uh, you kind of wrapped it up for us already, how you feel. Uh, any, anything you think we missed that you wanted to talk about?
1: No, I just think it's, um, I'm super excited about the year. It's going to be a very different football season. I think not only for the Rams, but for quite frankly, almost any team. Um, there isn't a lot of precedent for, precedents for what they're doing um, in terms of their strategy. And so uh yeah, super excited to see it and, and watch it unfold. I just hope they stick to their guns. And um, uh, yeah, you know, that's it.
0: Yeah, preseason's gonna be especially fun, more fun than usual. How about you, Paul? Any closing thoughts on our Los Angeles Rams?
2: Well, uh, um, I'm like Mark, I always say, you know, keep hope alive. But unless uh Tutu becomes the ne- the second coming of Azir Hakim, right? Az Hakim, I mean, right? Um, and I'm trying to think of some other comparisons out there, but our defense is so light. It's so hard to find. Uh, uh, Who's it? Uh, Bryson Hopkins becomes Roland Williams, right? Uh, Guys like that. Um, Cam Akers starts playing like Marshall Falk, right? So we'll see what happens. But listen, look, I think, you know, there is a reality. You have to be strategic when it comes to professional sports. So, uh, you know, we'll just keep our fingers crossed as long as they make solid personnel decisions, as long as they play good fundamental football. There are are teams with rosters, you know, like the Rams in the past years, and we saw that last year with Seattle, just playing good fundamental football, right? You could play 500 football, right, with a less than optimal roster, right? So just don't beat yourself. And um, I think this year is going to be the spotlight. It's going to be on coaching on how the coaches handle this year. Uh, it's for us as the fans to evaluate how the coaches handle this year, keep this team motivated, keep this team positive, regardless of what the end game is going to be, is to keep this over the entire season and keep them competitive. I think that's going to be on the coaches.
0: Yeah, and a, a lot of new coaches. And uh, it's going to be exciting. I'm kind of excited. Can't wait for that first uh, exhibition game, preseason game. Um Going to be a good times. So we can only hope for the best. Okay, guys, thanks for joining me, and we'll do this again maybe right before uh training camp, or maybe midway through training camp if you guys are up for it. I don't think there's going to be a lot to talk about Rans-wise between now and then, but I'd love to have both you guys back if you're up for it.
1: Look forward to it.
2: Okay. Hopefully, we'll be talking about the World Series and the Dodgers too, as well.
0: <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Dodgers, Yankees, wouldn't that be fun? That'd be fantastic. Okay, guys, thanks a lot out here. Great, right, Rams up. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at ramsup.com don't forget about our youtube channel our handle is at laramsup.com until next time keep the horns up stay safe and have fun out there
1: music courtesy of the youtube audio library tracks featuring bar crawl by track tribe buckeye bonsai by vans in japan and crimson fly by Hamama.